0: The presenting sponsor for this episode of the Autism Dad Podcast is Mightier. Okay, so I wanna take a minute and talk about Mightier. Mightier is a clinically proven mobile gaming app which was developed at Boston Children's Hospital. It's already helped more than 100,000 kids, including my crew here at home. Now, if you're a longtime listener, you know that I'm very big into anything that empowers parents, and that's one of the things that's so great about Mightier. It empowers both parents and kids, and it's all done through play. So how does it work? Great question. Kids play on a tablet or a phone while wearing a heart rate monitor and Mightier incorporates breathing exercises and other proven calming techniques as part of the game. Kids get to see when it's time to cool down and they learn how to do it themselves and parents get to track their progress. With time, those calming skills become muscle memory. All it takes is 15 minutes a day, three days a week and 87% of parents see improvement inside of 90 days. That's amazing. So check out Mightier.com to learn more about the science behind Mightier and how it works. That's M-I-G-H-T-I-E-R.com and use the promo code THEAUTISMDAD to save 10%. Welcome to the Autism Dad Podcast. I'm Rob Gorski and I've got a really cool show for you guys today. I want to kick off a new series that I'm starting called Autistic Voices. And the whole premise behind this is to just have conversations with autistic people and learn. You know, I want to learn, I want to better understand how I can be a better advocate for my kids, how I can better be a positive influence. And I want you guys at home to see autistic people as the amazing humans and resource that they truly are. I have been very blessed in my life to know many autistic people and they have helped me raise my kids in ways that I would not have been able to replicate otherwise. Autistic people have made such an impact on my life and we should be listening to them. I think sometimes we get caught up in everything that we're doing that we, maybe we don't, or we don't nearly as much as we should. And so I am really excited to have my first guest today. His name is Corey Singer. He is an accomplished singer songwriter, very, very talented. I've been following him for a long time. And when the opportunity presented itself for Corey to be on the show, I was like, heck yeah, let's do this. Corey has a massive following on social media where he has over 400,000 followers on TikTok alone. He uses his platform not only for his music, but to advocate for autism. He uses his own personal experience as an autistic person and blends it with his unique sense of humor to create this content that is so relatable and so enjoyable that people outside of the autism community are, are taking notice. And that's so important because that's how we get understanding and acceptance. So. I'm so excited. Corey, thank you for taking the time to be here. Could you take a minute and just tell us a little bit about yourself?
1: Yeah, sure. And thank you for having me. Uh, My name is Corey Singer. I am 27 years old. I am a singer-songwriter and I am an autism advocate. I post a lot of videos on TikTok talking about what it's like being autistic for me and getting rid of all the negative stigma behind it and giving people a true education about autism. The education I never had as an autistic child myself. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's why I am. And I mentioned I'm a singer songwriter.
0: Were you diagnosed young or were you older?
1: So I was diagnosed at around four years old and that's because I was nonverbal. Really? Uh, until about four years old. Yeah. My family, just my mom and dad didn't know what was wrong with me. And then they found out that I have autism. And they said at around four years old, that's when I just started speaking. Like, you know, I get, I get questions all the time. When did you start speaking? And my family, I even asked my family because I I can't remember all the way back to when I was four years old. And I, I asked them like, when did I? How did I start speaking? And they say you just kind of started speaking, like you just developed later than most children. So, and I, I was diagnosed like, very young.
0: You so you were diagnosed young when you were saying that you reminded me of my youngest, my youngest is he's 13. Now he'll be 14 at the end of the month. He was nonverbal for about the first four years of his life. And we actually thought at the time, like he failed all his hearing screenings and everything. Like he would not respond to anything. You could crash cymbals behind him and he wouldn't flinch. And he failed all his hearing screenings. And you know they said, well, we think that he's hearing impaired. And we had to do this one last test where they like sedate him and put electrodes on his head to like measure his brain processing the sound. And they were like, Oh, he can hear, he's just ignoring you. Like he's just tuning everything out. And, uh, they said, you know, we think he's autistic and that took us down that whole road. And so we were learning like sign language and all that kind of stuff to try and help him communicate. And then it was like four years old. We got him a boxer puppy because we thought, I mean, it wasn't like an actual service dog, but we thought like it would be nice for him to have that connection, you know? And first word he said was dog. And then he just started talking like he could have been talking the whole time. Like he just, it's like, he just wasn't ready to talk. He didn't stop. Yeah. And he didn't stop. Yeah. Sometimes I wish he would now, but (laughs) he's a teenager and he's like all the time Um, that hit home because I remember what that was. That was like, that's so interesting.
1: Yeah, and I was also very talkative as a teen, and uh, I, I still am. Get me in front of the right people. I'll just, I'll just keep going and going. <laughs> but uh, like to what you said about your son almost being misdiagnosed with being deaf, I was actually misdiagnosed with Tourette syndrome. Really, this is like how far we've come in autism research and just knowledge about autism. My stems. We thought were Tourette syndrome, and the doctor diagnosed that with Tourette syndrome. It wasn't until I started posting on TikTok and I found out through other autistic individuals at 25 years old that I, I never had Tourette syndrome. It was just me stimming. It's like, wow, wow. Like I had to find this out through people who aren't medical professionals. I, I, I like a, a medical professional diagnosed me with Tourette syndrome, and I don't even
0: have it. And that is the power of, and we'll get into what you're doing, but that's the power of what you're doing. Right. And it's sort of, sort of like what what I've been doing from a parent's point of view. Like, I feel like the doctors and the specialists, like they all, they serve a very important role in a lot of this stuff, but there is so much more that we can learn from each other. And we learned from you sharing your story. And I I was talking to somebody, I can't remember who it was now. And it, it sparked something in me. And I started down this journey and I was diagnosed with ADHD last week at 43, my whole life. Well, my whole life makes sense now, but I didn't recognize it for what it was. It's crazy, isn't it? How that works? Yeah. Well,
1: congratulations on the diagnosis, by the way.
0: Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. It's, uh, it it really, um, I kind of like, I didn't struggle with it at first, but it was just, it was like sort of that realization that now everything makes sense. Then I know how to better deal with it and adapt and move on. And I think it's been a positive thing for me just because you brought that up. But when you figured out that it was stemming and not Tourette's, what was that like to kind of come to that realization?
1: I think it's the same realization when you had ADHD or like, Whoa, like, what? Like, like, like I said, at 25, I find this out Mm -hmm. a couple years ago. And it's just it's crazy to me that a medical professional diagnosed me with something I don't have parts because we thought I had it. And it's just wow, like, if this is also autism, what else because my family, they didn't know where, where to go with my autism. You know, like, what well, who to look to, like, we went to all these medical professionals, they could barely tell me anything. I wasn't doing well in school. And I, I realized, you know, at 25, it all went back to the autism. And so it, it was almost like I was diagnosed late in life, but I wasn't, you know, it's like, I always had the knowledge of being autistic. I didn't know all the things that entailed with it. I thought I was just a socially awkward dude, but like, there was just so much more to it than that.
0: It was like that one connection, that one piece that made everything. It brought the whole picture into focus. Exactly.
1: Yeah. It's just, um, it's crazy. Just, and and again, that's why I do what I do. So like people have the answers that I never had. So I get like, you know, I don't have to go through what I went through because to get to the point where I am today in life was actually a very traumatic road. And, you know, I want to kind of make that easier for other people. Cause like, you know, when I, when I was a little kid, there was no YouTube, there was no TikTok. YouTube was just starting and there was, mm-hmm. it was nothing like it is today. So and now, but now we have that, uh, forum and platform and that makes, you know, you can reach people in a way that you couldn't in person.
0: And some people might be more comfortable reaching people like that too. Exactly. Yeah. It gives you more options in a better way to connect. It's one of the very positive things that come out of the, uh, of the internet. Um, So, and you kind of just talked about it a little bit and you don't have to go into details, but like, was it tough growing up?
1: It was, um, part of it was because I'm an only child Okay. and both my parents, uh, divorced at an early age. So that, that was very hard. And, you know, you had like two parents trying to support me and, and, you know, I, I didn't understand myself at all, really. Like I just, I had my special interests and and obsessions like any autistic child would. And, you know, I had to kind of find myself, but I had my best friend who I'm still very good friends with today from my childhood. But, you know, even then, like I had a hard time connecting with people because I was always seen as the weird kid, Mm -hmm. you know, in school, too. I had a hard time in not just, you know, my home life, but in school, too. I've had some really great teachers and it's just they knew how to teach me the subjects that they were trying to teach me. I had other teachers that just thought like a one glove, glove fits all uh, kind of technique in teaching. And it didn't work and I would, I almost failed a couple times and they would get on me about it and I would spend hours on end doing homework. I'd come home and I'd take a long nap because I was burned out from a whole day of, you know, going through the stress of school. And then I would spend hours doing homework that would take a a neurotypical child, like maybe not even an hour to do. Yeah. So, but I found my route of respect through theater. You know, I I was also the theater kid. That's where all the weird kids go. It's like music and theater. So it was like, it was perfect for me, but that's where I got my respect from other people.
0: Along the way, like at what point did you pick up music in, I'm guessing more like the arts, right? Yeah. Yeah. So. How, how did that come into your life? So I've always been a very artistic person and
1: a very creative person. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I started drawing at a very young age, you know, because I just I liked creating and I liked expressing myself. For some reason, I just wanted to be on stage. I can't explain it. It's just something drew me to the stage. And in the fourth grade, I did my very first play, The Velveteen Rabbit. I was a clown. And I already I was addicted. And I just I kept doing theater. I did all the local summer drama shows. I did all the school shows. I did all the high school musicals. And when I got towards high school, that's when I really started coming into my own in terms of theater. I was the school theater kid and the school singer. That's when people discovered because I always knew I could sing. But that's when people discovered I could sing. And I I played trumpet from third grade to like my freshman year. And I didn't enjoy it that much. But you Know, I was always surrounded by music. My family was always listening to like Journey, Melissa Etheridge, Stevie Wonder, ACDC, like very Leanne Rhymes, like a very Elton John, like a very eclectic music growing up. And my junior year of high school, that's that's when I first picked up well, I first picked up a guitar when I was 10, but then I put it down. It's like, yeah, because the school of rock, but then I wanted to try it again. And that's when I really got into it. And that's when I started opening my mind from just doing musical theater, exploring people like Neil Young and uh, ACDC, Glenn Hansard, what have you. So, you know, what got me through my uh, through my childhood was the arts and doing theater, because that was that was my love. And that's how I was able to express myself.
0: I was going to ask you if that was an avenue to express yourself.
1: Oh, yeah. And it's like, if you're the weird kid, you need a weird way to express yourself. It's, it's right there. You know, like a lot of autistic people that I even know personally, all of us were very creative. And I think we, we like to uh, express ourselves creatively.
0: Mm-hmm. So you find it, so it's easier for you to express yourself through music.
1: Yeah, exactly. And, you know, and I did the Candy Factory in uh, 2012, 2013, my senior year, that's when I first began songwriting. You know, that was a singing competition show on Bravo TV, run by Candy Burris from the Real Housewives of Atlanta. She's a Grammy winning songwriter, wrote the song No Scrubs for TLC. And I did that show because, you know, there was an American I got offers to do American Idol. Um, America just got talent because I would put myself on YouTube. But I wanted to do a newer show, and I did that. There was it was a different type of show. There was a winner per episode. I won my episode. I was the autistic theater kid, of course, and I have been playing guitar for a year at that point. Candy wrote, uh, there was me and one other contestant. She wrote us both a song unique to our story. We had to learn it in week, perform it in front of an audience, You know, kind of turn us into like a, a pop star and what have you. Mm-hmm. And it was laid out right in front of me, like how to write a song. Candy Burris inadvertently taught me how to write a song because we had the MP3 with the the music with her vocals, And then just the music so we could practice and the lyric sheet, you know, it's verse, pre-chorus, chorus, chorus, verse, pre-chorus, chorus, chorus, bridge, chorus with the music. I'm like, it's, it's that simple. And it was during the filming of that show. That's when I first started writing and I've been writing ever since. Is that a good outlet too? Do you think? Writing? Yeah. Oh yeah, dude, I'm writing all the time. Even when I'm at my day job, like I carry this around me all the time. Cause like, if if I come up with an idea, I'll just like jot something down or I'll even, even if I'm not doing anything, I'll start writing a song while I'm like. You know, I wrote a song about my job once while I was at my at my job, and so and you know, I got home and finished it.
0: So you get inspiration just wherever you are.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: All right. So you started using social media, and then was it TikTok first, or were you on other stuff first? In terms of autism, in terms of you putting yourself out there. So
1: Facebook, Instagram, with the music, and this is when I first began music, and I was still uh, developing as an artist and developing my style, you know, through trials and tribulations of trying to figure out what I have to offer in terms of my art. Because, you know, you can't just like copy other people, you got to find your own thing. It took me five years to start writing close to as good as I right now. So it, it takes a while and I, I stuck with it. At times I almost wanted to give up, but I just like, I kept going. But I think it's when TikTok happened, that's when things started to actually start progressing and i started talking about my autism i actually didn't want to at first i wanted to actually never talk about my autism because i didn't want to make it because like oh look Corey, you know the autistic guy who can write all these songs i want to be like all this dude who could like write these great songs he just happens to be autistic you know what i mean
0: yep that's what i do with my kids they're super amazing kids they just happen to be autistic you know
1: yeah and that's the message i try to put out there through my tiktok and you know, I feel
0: like that, uh, that helps. How have you been able to utilize TikTok to advocate for other autistic people?
1: When I first started TikTok. My label told me you gotta get TikTok, do the music. And I just like, that's when I was starting to give up on the music, but you know, I rediscovered it. again. but I started putting out funny videos cause I'm a, I like myself to be a funny guy. <laughs> and very, 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 a couple videos did well actually. But then I made a video joking about my autism. You know, that's why I still refer to it as Asperger's. And um, which, as we know, now is not a, a good term anymore. But I joked about how you know, I, I have it. And it means I have autism. And there's nothing wrong with that, except for the name because it sounds like Asperger's. And it sounds like something you would have after eating McDonald's, make Asperger's. <laughs> and the video just took off. And I'm like, Okay, I may have something, and, and so posting about it on on TikTok and talking about it was also therapeutic for me because this is when I was heavy into masking my autism, which I, I talk about never doing. Okay, and I did that for a couple of years, you know, just denying the the even the autism existence, and it was the worst couple of years of my life because you know I just I lost myself, and it wasn't until I started talking about it again and helping other people, I was also kind of helping myself in a sense, come to terms that, you know, it is what it is, this is what I have, and it's not necessarily a bad thing.
0: If you'd like to travel this summer, but fears over your child's triggers and sensory meltdowns are holding you back, help is on the way. Traveling Different, Vacation Strategies for Parents of the Anxious, the Inflexible, and the Neurodiverse by Don M. Barclay contains hundreds of tips for traveling with kids with invisible disabilities from mental health experts, parents, and certified autism travel professionals. Learn how to start small, create predictability, design child-centric vacations that keep your children safe on the road, and how to deal with insensitive onlookers. Discover autism-friendly resorts, cruises, therapeutic sports vacations, and so much more. Traveling Different Vacation Strategies for Parents of the Anxious, the Inflexible, and the Neurodiverse will be released on August 15th. Pre-order your copy today and learn more by visiting TravelingDifferent.com. That's T-R-A-V-E-L-I-N-G-D-I-F-F-E-R-E-N-T dot com. Because every family deserves to travel and the world is waiting. Do you find yourself helping other neurodiverse people as well as everybody else, I guess? to better understand or become more aware and more um, compassionate, hopefully.
1: Exactly, yeah. I mean, that's that's the long-term goal. I mean, especially young kids, because there are a lot of kids on TikTok. If a kid sees yeah. that on my, on my TikTok and they recognize that weird kid and they recognize all the traits that I talk about and you know, are like, oh, 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 like they now understand it, right? And also teachers too. I mean, teachers could learn a lot from it too. I mean, listen, being a teacher is a hard job. Yes. I would never want to be a teacher. I don't have the patience, but, uh, you know, so I understand it is a hard job, but I also feel like a lot of the teachers that I had, and again, I had some great teachers, Mm -hmm. but a lot of teachers I had could have used a better understanding of me and how to teach me and to understand the reason why I am the way I am instead of just seeing me as a misbehaved kid who didn't try. And a lot of parents reach out to me saying, and I I say this humbly, like that my videos are helping them better understand their kids.
0: Oh, I totally believe it. Totally believe it.
1: I also have friends reach out to me that say, like, through your videos, I was able to kind of discover that I might be autistic. One of my mom's best friends, she she like recognized some of my traits in her daughter and then she went to see if she had autism and she got diagnosed. And it's like my videos helped understand her daughter better. It's like it makes a difference just talking about it.
0: Yeah, it's so powerful what you're doing, because people should be able to share their stories. And they should feel comfortable sharing their stories and there should be no shame or stigma or anything like that, you know? And, and I think I can help my kids and I can help parents just from like my perspective and I can help autistic adults maybe better understand where parents are coming from. I can only go so far. Right. And like to have someone like you for my kids to look up to is amazing because thank you You can be, well, thank you, honestly, because there's so many people out there in the world that we don't want our kids looking up to, you know, you're honest and you're transparent and you are using yourself and your life experience so that, so that it's relatable and kids can see that and they can say, you know, like I can do it too. And you're representing that for them. And that's, that's so powerful. So powerful. What's been kind of the coolest experience that you've had since you've been doing this stuff on, on TikTok?
1: Uh, mostly the feedback, uh, from parents, other autistic people. I've actually gotten emails from, uh, there's this one girl from England that emailed me, uh, who said that like it was it was great. And when I say all this, I say this humbly because uh, I, I totally said, get it. She she said like I I don't like sound like I'm bragging, but she said like it was cool for once seeing someone out there that she feels like she could relate to. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because being autistic, you know, and I, there's a community of people on TikTok now that like I I feel like I belong to, but Before that, it's a, it's a very, it can be very lonely when no one understands you. It's like, you're an alien from another planet and you're put here. And it's like your culture shot, but you're just, but you were born here. You can't help it.
0: I've been a dad for 22 years now, and this is such a cool experience sitting here talking to you because like I said, there's a lot that I can do for my kids, but my kids need people like you doing what you're doing and being a positive influence and building them up and showing them that it's okay. Be yourself. Be yourself, right? Like, yeah, you're autistic. So what? People always ask me what I call my kids. I'm like, I call them by their names. Exactly. We're all just humans. Exactly. It's like I tell people, like, don't if, if I tell you I'm autistic, don't talk to me like I'm a baby.
1: I'm still the same person as I was before. I just now I feel comfortable sharing this information with you. You just got to be chill. Like the way people need to react is like, oh, cool. So anyway, like, you know, it's just like a regular thing, you know, like, yeah, we're trying to because it is a disability. At the end of the day, people. There's people that want to deny that, but it is a disability. We're trying to get it so people understand it the way they understand blindness, the way they understand deafness. Mm -hmm. Here's the thing. And I I tell this, we cannot help it at all. Like there's, this is, we're born like this. It's beyond our control. So, you know, it's, if we could accept it, you're going to have to as well.
0: I totally support that statement. Uh, Okay. A couple of questions. Getting back to your music, Mm -hmm. what really kind of inspires you? to create a song or feel the need to write something down like that and and then turn it into something that everybody can listen to.
1: Like I said, like from an early age, I've always been creative. Mm -hmm. And I've always, like I said, that's the best way I know how to express myself. And I like, I just started learning the piano in January and I love it. I've been playing guitar for like ten years, but you know, just started learning because I wanna up my game and get better. Part of, that's part of it too. Like I've been doing this for almost I've been writing for nine years now. And I just, you know, I keep getting better and better and better with the more I write. And that's my goal. Like I just I wanna keep, you know, going uphill and keep creating and putting it out there in the world. You know, like sometimes I write some stinkers, but you know, that sometimes you have to just to get it out of you, but you, you know, it's just creating something from the ground up that wasn't there before and sharing it with someone and saying, I made this and being proud of what I made. Like sometimes I'll have a story to tell. One song I wrote that I'm very proud of it, that I actually wrote based off my autism. It's one of the first songs that I, I have released and done that actually did well. And this is when I was still in the beginning phase of TikTok with the, with the mm-hmm. autism advocacy and You know, I wrote it for my followers too. It's like so we can have we could have a song to relate to. You know, I I just is one of the first times where I wrote a song and got completely honest, and it it, it's one of my best songs that I've written, and it it was a very quick write. When I write something very personal from the heart that people can relate to, that that means a lot as well. Like I just I just love creating. I'm a creative person. If I'm not doing something creative, then I I feel like I have no need for existing,
0: you know? Mm Mm-hmm. Are you working on anything new currently?
1: Oh, yeah. I have a song uh, that's uh, available for pre-order. We're still working out the release date called Chance of a Lifetime. If you could go and inspire your audience, you could go to CoreySinger.com. It'll take you to all the streaming services. You could pre-save the song, you know, pre-order it. So when it releases, you have it. It's a proposal song. Like very Josh Groban-y. Mm-hmm. Like, I wrote it as a proposal song. Okay. And uh, I'm just in the studio. I'm, I'm putting together a bit of an album right now. Uh, I'm going to the studio two to three times a month right now. And just, I, I have a whole catalog of work that I've been building up. And now I, I want to start putting it out there,
0: you know? Very, very cool. What is your ultimate goal? Do you want to uh, continue? Well, I mean, obviously, probably continue with the singing songwriting, but do you want to continue the advocacy? as well and kind of find some way to do them together or like, what is your ultimate goal?
1: Absolutely. You know, like I said, I just, I want to be known as the, you know, singer songwriter who just happens to have autism. And if that also grants me more opportunities, absolutely. I'll take it. And if it's an opportunity also to educate people on what it's really like, because again, like it's not like a one glove fits all. Like if you met one person with autism, you had one person with autism. Yep. That, that's great too. I just I in both avenues, I want to see them both
0: grow and get better. Do you have any advice for the kids out there who are listening who may want to try and find where they fit, I guess, or maybe they're struggling to find where they fit and they're and they look to you because they say, like, hey, this guy's he's like me and you know, he can do it. You know, what, what, like, what advice does that make sense? Maybe I didn't ask that right. No, no, I, I get what you mean, uh,
1: it, it's something I made up when I was a little kid, focus on your abilities, not your
0: disabilities. Perfect. What one piece of advice would you offer parents who are trying to help their kids to, you know, reach their potential, enjoy life, be happy. Like it's a tough job. Being it a is.
1: And I, I myself am not a parent, so I want to say this carefully. Uh, (laughs) I would say be very patient. Uh, Mm -hmm. Your child is still your child. Don't compare your child to other children. Automatically, if they're autistic, they are different from other children. And you need to be very patient and not only learn from your children, but learn with them. And don't, don't use someone like me as a model of how you want your child to be because your child is going to be whoever it is they're meant to be.
0: That is solid advice that I did not have when I was going, to, you know, when I was first starting off and it's so crazy. I was just talking to, uh, I was talking to someone else recently and when my oldest was diagnosed in 2005, nobody knew anything about autism. It was rain man on T on, on, you know, the movie or, or that was it. Nobody was talking about it. You could look it up, but there was only, you know, clinical stuff. Yeah. And I was overwhelmed and someone suggested that I, I write in a journal and I don't do paper and pencil. So it was a, a blog that was set up. And I was just sort of sharing what I was struggling with. And then I was just leaving it there and walking away and feeling better. Like it was therapeutic. Like you talked about your music and stuff in, in writing. It was the same thing for me and people started reading it and it was people finding out that they weren't alone for the first time. And it was crazy that there's so many, there's so many of us, but we're so disconnected and what you're doing is, is bridging gaps and, uh, creating conversation and utilizing technology from today to help spread a positive message. And I wish that had been around for a lot longer than, than what it is, but we've come a long way in the last 20 years. And, uh, I'm excited to see where you go with this because it's really positive as a parent. I'm very grateful that, that you're out there doing this because it, it makes life better for for all of us. So thank you for, for doing that.
1: And thank you. And thank you, uh, Thank you so much for the kind words that that, that means a lot. Like I said, it's, it's very humbling and I, I feel like I'm bragging a lot of times. I don't like like feeling that way. And it's just
0: I, I understand I'm the same yeah. way.
1: It's it's like it, it really is a, a humbling experience. You know, it's TikTok, Yeah, sure. I've helped other people. But like I said, it's been therapeutic for me. And, you know, it's I'm, I'm happy. I'm in a ha- better place now than I was a few years ago.
0: Is there anything else that you want people listening to know? before we, uh, close this out? Yes.
1: I'm going to remind you again, go to my website, corysinger.com and pre-order chance of a lifetime and like pay attention to any other future, uh, songs that are going to be coming out.
0: Very, very cool. I will have all that stuff, uh, in the show notes below. Yeah. So thank you so much for everything that you do and for taking the time to come on and, and talk to us about it.
1: I well, well, Rob, thank you for having me. I, I really appreciate it.
0: No, my pleasure. And, uh, yeah, we'll be in touch. Yes, sir. Before I close things out today, I just want to say thank you to Corey for taking the time to come on the show and sharing his life with us. You know, you're doing some truly amazing things. You know, not only are you a talented singer songwriter who just happens to be autistic, but you are using your massive platform to help educate the public, right? And you're doing it with your own experience and you're doing it with this blend of humor that that really just sort of captures people's attention. And I think that you're making a big difference in a lot of lives. So thank you for that. I really, really appreciate it. You can find all of Corey's information in the show notes below, as well as coreysinger.com, where there'll be links for you to uh, pre-save his newest releases. And yeah, check it out, support what he's doing, uh, follow him on social media, and just help spread the word because he's doing some really cool things and it's making the world a better place. As for me, you can find me at theAutismDad.com. All of my social links are at the top of the page. Uh, You can like, subscribe, and listen to this podcast on any one of your favorite podcast listening apps. So please just hit that subscribe button and maybe give it a rating if you don't mind, because it helps me to learn, you know, what you want to hear and what you don't want to hear. So it works out for both of us. Yeah. I hope you guys have a fantastic week and I will talk to you next Monday. All right. See you. Bye.